0: Yeah, and that's the other thing about, like, the after-hour live, that, like, it's interesting to see, like, these Nickelodeon clips, and again, like, the Sockham Boppers, the Nintendo, all that, like, now that's nostalgic, now, like, our generation is coming into this moment where all these things are, like, it's retro. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, it makes me feel old, but it's also very exciting that, like, it's becoming a thing now. I love that. Like the with the whole Super Bowl thing, a lot of aside from the woke takes, like a lot of people were saying about the halftime show, like people around yeah. our age and slightly older, like, oh wow, like this is now like old school.
1: Yeah. We're we're getting to that point. It's you know it's weird because we can't grow up. So like in the mid 80s when parents are touting like uh, the 60s hippie culture, everyone was like, that's so stupid. Old. But now we're touting this old school and this old school actually has a lot of merit to this younger generation. Yeah. It's weird. It's because we haven't grown up and because the people that are touting it are still the ones that haven't re- accepted responsibility. So we're just kind of like that old cool kid on re- in recess that you want to talk to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm. we haven't
1: left we haven't left the yard yet
0: to the yard to the yard, the yard. yard. Like
1: simple you know we're still a reason cuz when you're a kid you're like you everybody looks up to the oldest kid in recess like i remember like in, in summer i used to go to his playground and the oldest kid like the an ice cream truck came by and mm. the oldest kid bought this weird it was like a uh, mountain dew dip dots basically everybody uh, else yeah. bought the usual thing everybody else bought the usual popsicle or whatever this guy bought thing nobody else wanted then the very next day ice cream truck shows up you saw all the little kids buy the Mountain Dew one every single one Mm -hmm. of them regardless if they wanted it or not and then he bought something else because it was like he knew I'm talking about like a sixth grader here when we're like first but you know yeah that's -hmm. what it is to us right now because we as millennials haven't accepted you know, in general, we haven't accepted enough responsibility, and those that have still are kind of like nee, 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 about it because they're not committed to a faith, they're not committed to something serious, they're just waiting to die. Um, so, <laughs> we're, we're, so we're still looking up to them as kids, we're not looking them as parents, we're looking them uh, as kids still. No. But in the 80s, because the parents literally had to accept responsibility because yeah. the yeah. 60s dream was a decade long dead thing, they had to get jobs. And they had to transform and they transform in the worst way because the church wasn't there to support them or help them. So that's why every, you know, the kids that looked at them saw it as more trans, like more gross and grotesque. I don't want to be that. I don't want to grow up,
0: you know, when you grow up, your heart dies. So then I'm going to go into uh, dangerous waters now. Um, yeah. So with our whole, the millennial and Gen Z generations, I find the whole mental health and like, the whole mental, mental health awareness, hashtag, and um, like, you know, avoiding toxic relationships and all these things, fascinating. Because on one hand, like it's important to be able to recognize like relationship cycles that are violent and destructive, um that should be avoided or corrected but on the other hand it's a cop-out from responsibility like i find myself sometimes saying like i don't have to do this because this is gonna like mess up my mental equilibrium and you know disturb my peace therefore i'm not responsible for it um which is like really fucked up at the same time i don't know there's something there to it but it can become very destructive and like ridiculous what do you i don't know like what's your thoughts where is your experience of that whole thing if it's That's you don't awesome no, like i'm saying like this whole like we have to protect our mental health we have to avoid okay. like com like relationships that have conflicts people who are difficult to deal with like you want to yeah. avoid toxicity you want to avoid things that disturb your stress levels your anxiety because right. like i know again on one hand we have to call something out that is inherently violent and problematic but just because someone's difficult doesn't mean they're toxic and you have to like oust them from your life Like at a certain point the cross comes in and you realize to love someone means to put up with their bullshit and their stupidity when they're actually abusing you okay like perhaps you do need to put in like you have to establish a distance or boundaries but it could very quickly become a slippery slope of like, I will not deal with anything that is outside of my comfort zone or anyone who is difficult in any way.
1: Well, I think what, um, what I think of immediately when you say something like that, regardless of how well it works or fits in is the, you have to take the plank out of your eye to get somebody else's splinter. Um, And, to me, it's like, you've got to, you've got to figure out, yes, we need to, there are certain amounts of suffering that we need to embrace. You know, we can't stay in this perfect comfort zone bubble. However, we also need to take care of ourselves because if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of others, Yeah, yourself and, and your soul. So you have to like, figure out like, it's all case by case, you've gotta be like, all right, I've gotta weigh out this situation. Is this somebody that's like, is this damaging my soul? Not my comfort, my soul, you know, is it doing something that's leading me to destroy my soul or is it just something doing something that's like mortifying my body? And I think, of course, no one thinks like that, right? Yeah, but I think that is the case that you have to use. And until it affects your soul directly, or you know it's causing you to do something that is damaging that, that to me would be your step away. You know, if it's just bodily mortification, uh-huh. take on what you have what you can take on. But I I, I go back to that statement from our Lord.
0: Yeah, because like, you know, there's a certain level of nuance that I think people have a hard time grasping. Cause yeah, like everything ultimately should be ordered towards charity, towards self-gift, but you know there are certain obstacles to that. Like if I'm going through some kind of traumatic situation, but I don't know, like, I think specifically, you remember the whole thing with Naomi Osaka, the tennis player last summer, and she like Uh didn't press conference because of her mental health. And then she was on the cover of the magazine, which was like totally a psyop, Like it was total bullshit, a ploy for a media thing. But I think just the reactions to it really show the lack of nuance in our culture because you have the these young people saying like oh yeah mental health good for her she stood up for her you know her well-being and whatnot so like basically when something's difficult you just blame it on mental health and you back out and then you have these like you know these neocons who are like oh you know this generation is so lazy they're afraid of sacrifice and struggle you just have to push through and i'm like well both and like you do need to take care of yourself but for what so that you can continue giving yourself not so that you can protect your peace and be in your comfort zone all the time because then you'll never like then life will be very empty and you just die (laughs) but no one i mean nuance is dead though like outside of the sacraments and the paradox of the incarnation like i don't see how you can embrace nuance or paradox anymore it's very hard especially in a puritanical culture yeah yeah Mm
1: -hmm. yeah i mean yeah it's a it's a weird subject and it's tough i've just never really you know um I, i really do think at the end of the day it's a it's about uh you have to make the decision between your body and soul and and i think that takes a little bit from each each or and yeah to take you, you got to take care of yourself but also who like on the other side of it like who gives a shit if she has to not do that and, like you think that's weak or it's like that there's just so many petty things people are like making headlines of i was like but why it that's is all a
0: void. i mean they create these things so that people will be distracted from like real issues like people obsess over all these big things because i think again it's a cop-out from responsibility the responsibility of looking at your life and asking like what am i living for so we fixate yeah. on all these other social issues so that we're uh, free from having to actually do anything yeah no mm. the
1: escape the escape of suffering though
0: the escape goes back yeah Can we go back to, speaking of escaping, to the 90s, 2000s nostalgia, Nickelodeon. What is Nickelodeon humor to you? like? Because I have a lot of thoughts about Nickelodeon humor. Because that was my main thing when I was a kid. That was the one I watched all the time.
1: What is Nickelodeon humor?
0: Yeah, like to you, what do you make of it?
1: Dude, Nickelodeon was, they made shows for kids, but you knew these were people that were making jokes for themselves and i re-watched rugrats episodes rugrats top five show for me of all time mm-hmm. at least those first four or five seasons um did <laughs> the adults are the craziest fuckers i've ever met like there's the stuff they say is nuts yeah and it's so much more funnier than the kids the kids are kind of just there for like oh they're like babies like that's adorable you know now like we're looking at like that's adorable mm-hmm. but the adults are saying some you know, like there's one I'll never forget, and it's Betty, which you know she's got the female symbol on her. Oh, the lesbian one. Yeah. Man-powered
0: uh, woman. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, the explicitly <laughs> lesbian is the new one, but we all knew it, but we just you didn't have to say the it. Feminized
0: husband. We love that archetype.
1: Yeah, but it was the episode where the kids, the babies, like they they they're learning what it means to be naked, and they call it
0: naked. Yeah, naked. Yeah,
1: it's when Tommy's like taking off his pants, and the best part is when Betty, of all characters, Betty walks in seeing the twins just take off their diapers, and she goes, "Phil, Lil, you're nudists." And Dee Dee's like, "Betty, I'm surprised at you." Litshit says, Lips and then Betty, and then spot. Betty's just like, she's like. I'm tired of this sick lip shit shit, dude. Let's just face the facts. The 60s are over and we lost. So let's just get with the program, okay? She yes, she did. She said the God. 60s are over and we lost. Let's just get with the program. That character says it. And I'm just like, that shit's so crazy. And she's carrying both babies, you know, like their legs yeah. are just like strong up behind her back, just like mm-hmm. on her own. What a great line.
0: I I'm tired of this lip shit shit that was all Dr. Spock though like the whole like the come if it feels right do it Mm -hmm. child psychology thing yeah no my Nickelodeon I I was more the Spongebob fairly odd parents generation which was like it was 2000 I was I mean I grew up with Rugrats and those but like I connected to Spongebob which is like i don't know i think nickelodeon humor especially 90s is really grotesque very vulgar the whole slime motif um oh yeah crude humor but then for me spongebob is absurdist but also perverse humor because like um you have a lot of like the you have a lot of the weird gender stuff going on you have a lot of like new world order references um you know a lot of masonic references too like esoteric kind of symbolism but the humor is a, it, for me it's like reading Camus. it's like life is absurd it makes no sense so let's just laugh at it um like my favorite is um it's patrick so the when he says the inner machinations of my mind are an enigma and then it's the spilled milk like this That's is the it. epitome of absurdist humor um but then, like, when you look at who's making these, these shows, I mean, one, most of them are Jewish. And you see a lot of Jewish references. Like, the Rugrats go, you know, to Hanukkah at the synagogue and whatnot. But no, yeah. like, there's only a lot of esoteric kind of stuff going on. And also, like, some fucked up things. Like, Dan Schneider had a foot fetish and was, yeah. like, doing fucked up things in iCarly with the feet like definitely trying to like initiate kids into some kind of weird shit um but i loved it i mean i reference spongebob every day i can repeat whole episodes back to fairly odd parents was really fucked up though like there was weird really well, weird stuff oh yeah
1: it. i was watching some fairly Odd and jimmy neutron too they both like uh, dads. Yeah. all the weak dads that are just making this.
0: yeah they was, love that feminizing that's us that's man awesome.
1: Well, SpongeBob. Just as a funny aside, did you see? Did you get the SpongeBob reference in the After Hour? It's in every one.
0: Oh yes, the uh, the Squidward uh, show.
1: Squid Squidward live. Yeah, okay. Yes, I yes, yes. And now when he
0: cleans that. the stage, <laughs> that's absurd. Yeah, I I caught that. I, of course okay, I,
1: good, good. I. was gonna say, man, it's no yeah. one's catching that, and I'm. Yeah, i just, I'm pretty crazy. That was
0: genius. Yeah so Spongebob humor um did you watch Disney at all
1: no I was no. Cartoon Network in Nickelodeon Network.
0: I did not get Cartoon Network I tried for a year but it never spoke to me it was like for me that was like the weirdo like kind of like mm, you're restrained the people who would talk about Ed Ed and Eddie and uh Dexter, they were like the strange kids. I was like, okay.
1: You also got some like gems, like Codename Kids Next Door, which was like this embracing of like, be a kid, stay a kid, which is a very Peter Pan thing. Um, You know, adults are evil, the breakfast clubs clip, you know, like when you grow Mm -hmm. up, your hearts die, you become this evil thing. And as a child, like (sighs) watching Codename Kids Next Door and this literally violent um uh, violence, uh, retaliation against growing up. Yeah. was such a thrill to me. I was like, yeah, I don't want to grow up. And this is before I read Peter Pan or anything like that. Like I was like, yeah, I don't want to be adults. I don't want this. And yeah. it implants in your mind, this idea that this growing up, you lose everything, which yeah, you lose certain things. You gain certain things, but you got to like keep certain things. I think that's the, that's mm-hmm. the main, the main thing that everyone misses is yes, you lose stuff. Yes, you gain stuff. And everyone will talk about both of those, whether they're good or bad, but there's the third that you keep stuff. Nobody ever wants to address that idea. And Mm -hmm. I think our generation is keeping way too much and keeping them as like, they're keeping them the wrong way. Like I said, they're not keeping them pondering in their hearts and using them when they need. They're just constantly injecting themselves with it, Um, which is going back to what we originally started talking about, which is like, that's fat. You've got to use them sparingly. Um yeah. so
0: mm, I think the most genius Nickelodeon show was Arnold. Like Did. there, I think back to some episodes, and I'm like, oh my god, this was I mean, it was beautiful in a true way. There's something so profound about first of all, like the urban multi-ethnic setting. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just like the kinds of things, the situations, and like the messages they were sending. Like there's something wholesome, but not in a preachy kitschy way like there's something very authentically human and like yeah i think back to it a lot
1: they had some sad af episodes like and and they just let it happen and um and they had they tackled a lot of crazy subjects like fucking helga's mom is an alcoholic oh helga could you pass me the tabasco sauce like what the fuck is she making we know what she is you know like uh big bob is like clearly abusing her but the yeah. one episode that for some reason i always stuck with hey arnold it has nothing to do with emotion or anything mm. but it's my favorite because yeah. it created this fantastical thing was the one where they the fifth graders have their tradition of like trash canning everybody yeah yeah and they have to like they're like playing a game of war across the whole city and then they go to parker park like the bourgeois like rich kids yeah He's gonna be a stoner when he grows up it's got his whole little like small section where like you see all the kids all the enemies like helga is there is being the therapist for yes like everyone's (laughs) everyone's unifying together because they have a bigger fish to fry which is the fifth graders they're coming into trash can everybody and they do these weird like it's like this big fantastical game of war and to me like that like i've been trying to get together with some friends and make this giant version of capture the flag this giant day long war version of capture the flag because it's like dude i want to tap into this like childhood like vibe of like yeah none of the kids ever did something that was the whole day that centered around war but like you wish you did yeah and like now that we're still young before all getting married and having kids and actually having responsibilities let's let's do that let's recreate that like why yeah. not you know mm-hmm. and uh, that episode stuck out to me because it was like i wish i could do that i seeing this fraternal unification these kids against the fifth graders and doing all these fantastical crazy things in a scenario that's not necessarily like impossible like fifth yeah. grader's just thrown in the trash can
0: mm. there are a lot of big it. things covered there like the fact that arnold's pretty much an orphan raised by his grandparents so like you know the question of where are my parents, who am I? Um, I think the one episode that really bothered me was when, um, who was it? Arnold saw the kid in the bunny costume at home. And then he told, accidentally told the friends at school and everyone made fun of him. And he's like, what are you gonna do? Like, what do I have to do to forgive me? And he's like, you need to go out dressed as the bunny. So then everyone's outside and, like, he walks out in shame, and everyone, like, totally mocks him, it's, like, almost like the way of the cross, even, um, that feeling of shame, like, that just, like, disturbed me so much on an existential level, um, but then, like, the cultural references, like, when they did the Romeo and Juliet, and then, um, I, I like, I really love the ethnic thing, though, like, you have czechoslovakians you have jews you have vietnamese people you have the italians the polacks you have everybody and like that's not a thing anymore like we don't have i mean you have race you have these like vague abstract identity categories now but like you don't you don't have anything celebrating ethnic culture and like people actually getting to know especially like european southern european cultures like yeah. No talks about that Mr. Kakashka. Mr. Kikoshka. <laughs> do? You read. want
1: to pet the kitty? <laughs> I want to pet the kitty. <laughs> no. You got him. You got the episode of Mr. Nguyen Mr. Of all, Nguyen he was, in,
0: us, he was Vietnamese, right?
1: Yeah, I yeah. think so. It reunites with his daughter, but he's also a country singer in one
0: of them. Yes, he was.
1: He's and then you got yes you got Mister Kakashi you get him you got the fucking butcher Mister Green yeah. he was, Reen Jewish. Reen.
0: was he Harold
1: Jewish? did you steal that ham yeah. he puts it on his shirt
0: <laughs> so Mrs Vitello the Italian florist oh yeah um, you know, oh, a yeah. bit of everybody but then the one episode that really like I didn't process when I was a kid was uh, who was the teacher Mister uh, Mister Simmons Mister Simmons brought his partner to really? whatever holiday dinner and they kept calling him his friend and then like I'm the nervous. mother was so distraught about the friend and then Mr. Simmons started crying because like you know he's a conflicted homosexual um yeah
1: like,
0: yeah the thing I mean he was pretty queer though there was the episode oh, yeah. where he was singing like a disco song and like was very, very <laughs> queer about it. Um, but no, I was speaking of uh the queers. I think Disney humor, which I did not get into until I was in tenth grade. Very embarrassing. There was a summer where I just watched these Disney Channel shows, not the animated ones. Um the, like real life ones. Yeah, yeah, like to me, look in retrospect, it's all camp. It's all camp oh. because the humor is so corny and ridiculous but it's trying to be and that's you know that's high school musical and camp rock and these stupid movies which like you know they're dumb like especially hannah montana like it's the humor so stupid but that's why it's funny because it's trying to be and it's like it's not as crude as the nickelodeon like it's very like not wholesome but you know um I'm trying to be
1: like ABC Family kind of vibe.
0: But it was, but that's the thing, it was trying to be corny and ridiculous. That's what I loved. They didn't take, no, they weren't taking themselves seriously at all. Not like ABC Family.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the the worst show I think I ever watched and the most problematic one I think I ever watched was, and I only watched it like for a split second because this is when I was growing up. Like everybody remembers the last show they stopped watching. For me, I never liked it. I wasn't like connected to it, but I just think it was the oldest show that I would, if it was on, I'd watch it. And then I was like, "Ah, oh, Adam, you're like, let's move on. Was Zoe 101. Oh, God, no. And that was terrible.
0: Jamie, there was Adam. no
1: lap track. And it was this serious, like, everyone's living in this, like, California dream world. Everyone's rich as fuck. Like, ready? Man, four Ooh. cell phones. <laughs> you know? And yeah. it's like... Everyone's just like having the best life, but you wish you kind of were there. You just wish you were there. That's all I want. Like, because you just wanted like, I mean, I like the idea of like, oh, because I lived in Western PA. So it's just like shit weather, shit everything. So like, yeah, yeah, hell yeah. I was in sixth grade. I wanted to go to a California school with sunshine and nice.
0: Yeah. Where you had your
1: own room. That's crazy. I, I don't know why they would ever put something like that in a kid's show it was just like an enticing piece of candy on the table it's like but that was also the second you like started eating it you realize oh my gosh it's just mud it's just disgust it's like candy coated shit
0: no and that's why i like disney because it was trying to be stupid at least i mean with the nickelodeon they were like it wasn't as ironic there was some level of intentionality like i remember but the one zoe 101 episode that i I actually watched a clip on YouTube last week. Um the episode where she joins the wrestling team and she like none of the boys want to wrestle her because she's a girl. And it's interesting cuz like there are all these situations that now are like big headlines but are addressed so yeah. like it's like what it like it was whatever. Cause like, I remember recently there was some news story about a boy who didn't want to wrestle a girl and everyone's like, wants to cancel him. It's like, oh, women's equality. But he's like, he was like an evangelical Christian who was like, you know, I believe in like, you don't hurt women, but also I don't want to touch women because of chastity. And it's, I don't know, like all these things that you could be canceled for today, treated so nonchalantly back then. And like the true, trans true. stuff too. A lot of trans stuff in those shows that now, like when Patrick dressed up as, no, Spongebob was the mom. If I yeah. were a mom, this would be kind of shocking.
1: Or yeah. I think back to like the Sandlot. You play baseball like a girl. Very and careful. that's like the biggest insult of all time.
0: Yeah, girls can't play baseball. They play softball. That's uh, <laughs> being softball. Agree. no i'm just kidding um i can i go back to surrealism for a second yeah from nickelodeon um have you yeah have you seen um any of like the old school surrealist films like buñuel or like the spanish or french directors
1: i've seen what's the one where they cut the eye
0: um uh, thing. Sean on the Andalusian dog, yeah,
1: yeah, I've seen that because I had to, you know. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I liked that. I was like, well, uh, I've seen the Holy Mountain. Um, if that's something, it's more Who's just that attractive. so if he, uh,
0: was oh, it was his name? Well?
1: no, it's not the now. Um, it's interesting because like Kanye loves the Holy Mountain, uh. Mm name no. alejandro Yodorovsky
0: oh no he know.
1: did el topo yeah mm-hmm. that and he said it. it is based on the ascent of mount carmel but shit i read the ascent of mount carmel and ain't nothing close to that it's just a bunch mm, of really
0: yeah. oh then i should see. i that. mean it's
1: just one of those things where they just want to say that they based off of it you know because they read that saint john of the cross has some interesting images like Ooh, I'm um, and, oh i'm
0: naked oh this is like kabbalistic and masonic Whoa. Well,
1: yeah absolutely
0: oh yeah God. but that's what i like about i mean the one the first Buñuel film i saw was the exterminating angel which is basically a bunch of rich bourgeois people get locked inside a house party and they start doing these kabbalah rituals um
1: I think i've heard of that i have heard of that yeah yeah yeah
0: Yeah, I mean, these people were all masons and like did esoteric kind of rituals, but I like that it's, you know, in your face and they're not pretending it's something else. Exactly. That stuff if you're open about it.
1: Yeah, they're going to tell you. And it's just the idea that this human yearning for this ritualistic aesthetic thing. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. No No one goes to masonry because they think it's true. They go for the aesthetics of the rituals. They go for that. Come on. I mean, maybe back in the day, but nowadays, if anybody wants to join something like that, or if anybody wants to join any kind of like Eastern religion, they go because the aestheticism, because it's something different from wasp puritanical culture, that's all.
0: Unless anybody... you wanna actually like sell your soul to the devil.
1: Yeah, can... I mean, and th- that's and the de facto that. thing. I mean, like, to be honest, like in Maya uh, in cinema, dude, like the most popular thing was tarot card readings. Mm. Tarot card readings yes. and people were taking it very seriously yeah like not just like a one-off thing and there were people that did it because it was fashion but like i still know people that just do that every day and seriously yeah. and, and why because if it's, it's just something alternative something different something countercultural, at first yeah
0: and I now it's idea. like well yeah. now it's not no i did that stuff because my family did practice like folk witchcraft because you know greeks um but once I really got into it, I realized what it was. And it was like, oh, never mind. So, yeah, I yeah.
1: had this, this one friend of mine, cinema. And she was like the sweetest girl in the world. Very, very kind. Like top-notch, kind person. And she told me, because this was like when I was in cinema, and I was like starting to be like outwardly Catholic. Like mm-hmm. I made it in a parent. And this is in college. That's like, that's a risk. Um, and... Uh, I was very into exorcisms and angiology as I still am, but like at that point I was fired up on it. And my friend said to me, she goes, literally, she's like, she was just down. And I said, Hey, what's the matter? What's going on? Like, why are you, why are you so down today? And she goes, literally, oh, well, my friend cast a spell on herself the other day and it just went wrong. And now she's feeling really terrible. So she's trying to like cast a white spell to like, to counteract it and she's just not doing too good and i'm like holy shit where the fuck did that come from i'm just walking into class saying how you doing (laughs) and i'm like take care to an exorcist right now like i you know good
0: gravy Um, man a lot of people are still sold on this white magic, dark magic thing. It's, like, no, it's uh, it's, I mean, I acknowledge that there's a difference between a spell where you try to curse someone and, like, a spell yeah. where you try to manifest, like, something benign. But still, no, totally, it's magic. No. Like, the spirits you're drawing on are not...
1: Yeah, I bad. mean, the spells can be different, but you're, you're still taking from evil. Like, there is no good spell. A good spell is a b- blessing, you know? Um... But I was just like, first of all, I came out of nowhere. I think like, this is like the sweetest, inn- most innocent person I've ever knew. So like, imagine coming that coming out from her. I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Oh my god, um, Father Ripperger, help me, please!" You know, uh, thank God he released that book, Deliverance, uh, Deliverance prayers for the lady. That I've given um, that one out to people at least four times now, and I've had to order four different versions for myself again and again and again.
0: Have you read Unbound? Mm -mm. unbound is like the big one for like you know spiritual warfare and all that kind of stuff um a little too much i don't know for some people maybe but
1: yeah i mean like some people i you know i I knew that i was getting too into it just because like cool was oh it's interesting and i should stop like i i knew i know what i need to know that's great i've got some stuff in my back pocket because i you know i do encounter a lot of there is a lot of darkness. There is a yeah. lot of oh, yeah, you know, of warfare. But I need to stop getting too into it because you I can't know
0: chase it's after it. So like, yeah. The... It's not for me. That it's not, not my calling.
1: So I just get away from it. Yeah. But uh, mm. you know, I got it in my back pocket. It's... Always carry that holy water, you know? Oh, that yeah. Wow.
0: yeah you, never that know. Metal. you never know. So what should we close with? We've said a lot. We did final thoughts
1: Mm, you want to 360 it or you want to end with a brand new
0: something new a new insight
1: you have on your notes david lynch embracing the ordinary
0: say something about it
1: uh yeah twin peaks one of my all-time favorite shows
0: Mm-hmm.
1: laura palmer died yesterday laura palmer died the hour russia invaded which is pretty fucking crazy oh that's why if you watch season three you don't even know if she died or not but embracing the ordinary even though david lynch is not at all christian whatsoever and promotes transcendental meditation love the to death mm-hmm. um he also loves conservatism especially <laughs> the 50s oh. and like watching twin peaks uh all yeah, right watching twin beaks just like What I take from it, like the good that I take from it, I realize it's like, yeah, when you do have to grow up and take responsibility, like you're not going to be going to crazy stuff all the time. You're going to, you know, you're going to be going to bed at nine, waking up early. Like sometimes the best part of your day might be a hot shower. Mm -hmm. Um, But Twin Peaks teaches me to embrace the mundane and the ordinary and to cherish it. Like just cherishing a cup of black, damn fine cup of coffee, Mm -hmm. like embracing the beautifulness of the smallest things um a slice of cherry pie you know like uh the the smell of cedar wood house um being outside and pissing outside in nature Mm -hmm. like just these tiny little things you should cherish and it can get you going and those little things can be your little mountains of transfiguration that you go up just to retreat for a second come right back down
0: Mm. That's a good way to end. We'll take it. Yeah. So what do you want to plug before we leave?
1: Uh, if anybody's made it this far,
0: <laughs>
1: we um, check out my channel, Wafers, on YouTube. Follow me on Instagram, Wafers 3D. have putting out a new album. I've got Tradwave, Liturgy of the Hours in the works yeah. still. Um I've got my dad's hunting videos, which nobody watches, but they're pretty dang good. And uh I've got the after hour live, which we are working on episode three.
0: So it's so gonna be on Instagram Live.
1: We'll do, yeah, we'll shoot the show basically Instagram live so you can chime in on our jawbreakers account and uh okay basically control the show in certain regards and then in a week or two after that you'll see it aired as a standalone piece of art not a highlight reel okay. not a recap but its own thing and that will be the thing that cements it in and uh, hopefully we're gonna keep these episodes rolling along I think we tapped into something pretty cool and fun and uh, indeed and I'm unemployed right now so let's 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 do it <laughs>
0: of course well Adam wafers this was fun thank you
1: Thank you cracks Stephen never <laughs> okay we'll you
0: can leave oh. that out here. <laughs>